download is complete. Welcome to the AV Podcast, presented by Ian Collin and Seth Gecko. Hi, I'm Ian Collin from 360 Gamer Magazine, welcoming you to this week's gaming podcast. Coming up, we've got the latest games news. We'll also be reviewing new Rally X from the Xbox Live Arcade, and we'll also be chatting about retro gaming. The AV Podcast Gaming News with Ian Collin and Seth Gecko. Okay, then, first up news wise, we've got um, a little bit of fallout from the Microsoft's launch of the new Vista operating system earlier in the week. A few problems already came through in terms of general hardware. Uh, might have seen one or two of those about in news elsewhere. There's also been a, a few problems filling through in terms of gaming as well. A typical one comes from a company, an American company called Wild Tangent, who have accused Microsoft of going overboard with the system security options, which has been a problem as well in terms of direct hardware and use with people running the operating system itself. But in terms of gaming, it's uh, blocking and disabling certain areas, particularly linked through the parental control system, where a lot of people who are trying to download stuff from the internet, for, you know, child-friendly games, family-friendly games you could have a lot of fun with, are being prevented from doing this if the game doesn't have an official rating because computers just picking up on the fact that it doesn't have a rating so they're not taking any chances with it and blocking anybody from being able to play these games. But then people apparently are also having a few problems with um, fully paid-for PC titles um, using the Vista operating system. Just a couple of teething problems, nothing really that major at the moment from what we've been hearing. But just one or two problems, games such as Final Fantasy XI and World of Warcraft. Like I say, it's still early days, but just hearing uh, one or two stories, for example, people with Final Fantasy they couldn't actually get it to launch, they were getting various error messages coming up as well with World of Warcraft. It wasn't running very smoothly. People were having problems with the speed that it would run out, uh, frame rate would go, it'd be stuttering, um, and it just it wasn't the same. It was worse basically than what it was before. So there's obviously one or two problems there, which yeah probably comes as a bit of a blow to Microsoft after they were hailing it as being um, I can't remember what the quote was something along the lines of it's the most significant. <laughs> That's easy for you to say, apparently. <laughs> well, it wasn't very easy for Microsoft to say when they. Ex- uh, announced it as being the most significant advance in gaming technology Microsoft has ever made. And obviously, and there's me trying to accept that from an Xbox 360 fan's point of view. I, I can only say I'm disappointed. But um, these are probably isolated incidents, just teething problems. And it does mean that Microsoft will be able to come back with loads of press releases over the next couple of months just heroically proclaiming, we fixed them, we've got patches for you, we're amazing. But we'll have to wait and see how that pans out over the next few weeks. I think you're fine, actually. It's it's a bit of six of one and half a dozen of the other. It's not actually Microsoft's problem. A lot of the problems that with the games are that they haven't actually implemented the right drivers for the graphics cards out there. So you're seeing sort of beta versions or not not fully functional versions of the NVIDIA drivers, for example. I mean, I was on a, a part of the, the beta testing of um, Vista, and at the time I, I was doing it, I had a... Um, a 7900 NVIDIA card and the drivers were basically beta editions and yes the games were slow but that's because the drivers were beta they weren't actually proper functioning drivers so you can't really turn around and say you know Microsoft are evil, Microsoft are bad, Microsoft brought out this, blah 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 when really the hardware developers should have got their act together as well uh, working with Microsoft and got the drivers out but it's only 48 hours since you know that we're reporting this since the actual release date 
give them a break. I mean, there was teething problems with XP, there was teething problems with Windows 3.11 and 3.1 after Windows 3. Macintosh owners are going to say, well, we don't have problems. You put it then on the other side of the coin. If you think it's natural to reformat your machine every other month, well, there you go. Yeah, like I said, I'm hoping these will just be initial teething problems. I'm sure Microsoft will be able to sort things out over the, the coming weeks. And after that comment, I'm sure I'm going to get flack from Macintosh owners. But if I wanted to do a stop, I'd buy an Apple. <laughs> I don't like them. You don't see a Mac section in a game store, do you? No. I'm not going to It's bad enough battering Sony. I'm not going to go off on an Apple one as well. Yeah, Fisher-Price electronics are the best. Well, it's an old announcement, but they keep on bringing out new screenshots for uh, for the press to see, and that's Mercury Meltdown Revolution on the Nintendo Wii. Now, everyone probably knows about this game, but I'll just run through the motions real quickly. Um, it's a puzzle game. You're a blob of mercury, and you basically go through doors, change colour, you know, trigger spikes, door switches, and all that to complete a level. It's on, been on the PSP for, like, ever. It was one of the uh, release games. Um, there was a sequel as well, Mercury Meltdown, that came out a few months ago. Um, it's really, really good puzzler. Now, the main thing with the Wii, obviously, is you're going to get full interaction using the Wii, uh, the Wii Remote Tilt Sensor on the uh, the remote there, or the Wiimote, as they call it. It's also going to actually have support for the uh, Classic and the GameCube controllers if you can't handle the Wii, the Wiimote because you'll be tilting the uh, the Mercury, obviously, using the controller. So it's going to be quite a, a dexterous task. I think you're sort of online with Super Monkey Ball, that kind of control mechanism. It will support 480p. There's going to be over 150 levels, and there's all sorts of bonuses and hidden labs to unlock, and you know, state-of-the-art blob physics. I like that blob physics. But they keep on bringing out lots and lots and lots of screenshots, and I have to say, it does look very good. It should be. I'm just curious, just to how much work it would be using the Wiimote. I mean, it's not going to be the workout like you get with Finite or something like that, but this is quite sensitive. So you're going to be there, and you, you can't move too much, I wouldn't have thought, because you don't no. want this blob rolling about too much. So you're no. going to have your arms outstretched for hours and hours. It's going to be like carrying bags of shopping for like Oh, you always picture you're going to have your Wiimote sort of in between your two, sort of two hands, like a lengthwise, like you're holding a Mars bar. Oh, Thinking I see. of it that way. Um, and then sort of using it left, right, up and down and tilting it, so it's only gradual controls, you're not exactly going to be moving around like an epileptic under a strobe light, so... Just kind of cup it in your hands and just sway... Like yeah, it's just going to be nice, easy, gentle movements, although your wrists are going to get tired. But that's another story. <laughs> okay, no, but it does look good. I like the the other Mercury games. Like I said, I'm sure that we will make it quite fun and jolly, and uh, good fun to play. Well, that's the funny thing with the Wii. I mean, you get something like um, the Rayman rabid wa uh, rabid wabbits or something um, and on the Wii it's a superb game but they actually brought out a PC version of it and it's crap <laughs> I can't think of any other way to put it it just doesn't work same game but you know it just doesn't work be a bit like having say WarioWare on, a, on, on the Xbox 360 it just wouldn't kind of gel yeah, we got Rayman coming, are we? Quite looking forward to it. I don't think it's going to be... It'll be the platformer, though, won't it? The, the, the oh, yeah, it'll be... Yeah, Rayman. just a, an old-school rehash of an old format, which works, it's popular. Yeah, another bloody sequel, I think we term it as... Yes, unlike Mercury, which is um, yeah, no, another bloody sequel, but uh, a <laughs> step forward as opposed yeah, to an easy cash first, in, One, it's the first time on the Wii. Two, it's the first time it uses tilt mechanism, and to be honest, there's only two of them on the PSP, so it's, the, it's really the first sort of home console version. Okay, following on slightly, well, well, it's not so much an old game, but um, taking around from a classic game, 
not exactly the most lively of news, but it's just a couple of things coming up on Xbox Live Arcade. Um, they've announced the, the next bunch of titles coming out over the, the coming weeks. And I only mention this just because there's one or two games in there which make me especially happy. Some of the fun titles, uh, the main one's probably Castlevania. It's not the game that's got me the most excited, but um, it's possibly the biggest title on there just because it's been such a, a big game over the past many years. I, I don't know. I'm not going to give away any kind of age and say how long it's been around for. Um, but they're bringing out a version of that called Symphony of the Night on Xbox Live Arcade. But the one I'm really looking forward to is a game called Alien Hominid. It started out, it's a, a 2D side-scroller, cartoony shoot-em-up style, and that can be quite vicious, but in a fun kind of way. It started off kind of as a, an internet game, um, and then it got brought onto the console. I played it on the Xbox, and it was it was superb. It was always played in an arcade style, and it's got a, an online editor as well, so you can make up these own mini-games within it that aren't barely linked at all to the main game, but it's just... It's just such fun, such addictive gaming and great great fun to play. And that's coming up on Xbox Live Arcade, which I think will be something pretty cool. Along you've got other titles as well. Paperboy should be good fun if you want to trip down memory lane on a bike with newspapers. We've also got Worms coming up, the 2D version of that. And um, old school classic Root Beer Tapper, which um, I was always rubbish at and didn't like too much, but it seemed to be quite popular elsewhere. And then the other games, if you're curious, 3D Ultra Mini Golf Adventures. No idea what that is really at the moment, but it sounds like <laughs> it's got a very golf, long name. <laughs> yeah, I've got an idea. I'm just trying to think. It's just going to be mini golf. There's 45 mini golf games around or something like that. So I'm not overly enthusiastic about that. Other titles include Band of Bugs, Catan, based on the board game, a game called Each Chowdown, and uh, Luxor 2, based on the old school puzzler got no dates, prices or anything set for these as yet. I mean, Microsoft generally aim to bring out one or two games every Wednesday. They've got no guarantees that they're going to be bringing out games every week on every Wednesday or anything like that. But um, yeah, I just recommend every Wednesday take a look and hopefully well worth sticking a few Microsoft points into getting Alien Hominid. I'd recommend that, fella. This isn't a review, but I'd get it anyway. Just a shameless plug that Ian digs this game. It, it is kind of a shameless plug. It's just I know I'm not going to do a full review of it, so I just thought I'd swing it in the middle there just a little bit. Oh, it. okay. It's awesome. We know how you swing. Well, you know, Midway have actually confirmed, I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing, that uh, Area 51 is coming out on Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, and we should unfortunately also see it on the PC. Now, if you can remember Area 51, it was a uh, box standard FPS set in the mythical Area 51, shoot aliens, etc. Yeah, it got fair reviews, you know, sort of 50-60% marks. Um, nothing exceptional, and it had David Duchovny speaking and a Marilyn Manson as an alien. Well, yeah, that fits. Yeah, kind of makes sense, really, if you think about it. Well, we like Brian. Brian's alright by me. He does a few good tunes. Anyway, we're going to have a, another one coming out this summer. Uh, it's more of the same. The usual PR spin, it takes next-gen gaming to an all-new level. Yeah. Integrating cutting-edge technology, game design, and story writing to create the ultimate entertainment experience. So it's support then. You know, the press release says it gives players the opportunity to experience next-generation first-person shooter action in one of the world's most intriguing and mysterious environments. And of course, you know, all the other environments, you know, like Gears of War and you know, Lost Planet, etc., are all realistic and exist. Not exactly mysterious and unknown. So, um... Uh, yet another FPS for people, and yes, it will have an online multiplayer mode, just like every FPS on the Xbox. Yeah, no, I've I've seen bits of this as well. It's, yeah, Blacksite Era 51's full name. Yeah, um, no, Midway had uh, just had a big event going on in Vegas where they've uh, launched a few games as well. 
I don't think the Black Sky Area 51, it's, I don't know if it's going to be huge. It looks it looks pretty good. I really liked the original Area 51. I think I actually did a review of it and gave it 7 out of 10 for a different magazine to what I'm on now. It it was fairly generic and it did, it just, it played quite well, I thought. And it was kind of short term, good fun, nothing too strenuous, nothing too mentally challenging. It had one or two nice little quirks in there where, um, I mean, in the original Area 51, you actually got a chance to play as one of the aliens. You kind of mutate halfway through. I'm not sure what the case is going to be in Black Sight. But you I don't, don't know. Don't turn I'm... into Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that oh, wouldn't be so bad. I don't know whether you'd have to go with the whole makeup thing as well, though, and make yourself look You quiet. have one eye, you know, blue and one eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, yeah, hopefully get some few hours playing that quite soon. So I'll, I'll have to see. But no, I'm. I don't think it's going to be a huge, huge hit, but I think it'll be good fun, good fun for a while. Let's move on to the UK games charts quickly. Um, this is for the weekend in 27th of January. Uh, no surprise really in what's in the uh, in, in the charts here. We've got uh, The Sims 2 at uh, number 10. Uh, that's the Pets uh, accessory. I can't unbelieve people are still playing that, but there you go. Uh, New Super Mario Bros. at number 9. Call of Duty 3 at number 8. Need for Speed Carbon at number 7. World Snooker Championship, uh, number six. Don't ask. WarioWare Smooth Moves at number five. Down from number one this week, World of Warcraft Burning Crusade. It's basically because everyone went and bought it on the day of release, so I'm not so really surprised that it slipped. Um, three Pro Evo 6, two FIFA 07. God, will people stop buying that game? It's crap. And number one, a backup for number two, Lost Planet Extreme Condition. Bit of a surprise jump back up to number one, but I'm just I'm amazed that people FIFA's still there. I mean, how it's been in the charts for ages and ages. I would have thought that the amount of sales that it must have by now, everybody must own a copy. It's interesting that it's that and Pro Evo Six still in you know in the top two, you know, sort of the the two and three positions there. Um, I mean, they've gone up. Um, from the week previous, they were four and five respectively. I mean, World of Warcraft: The Burning Crusade was the big game of that week. Um, you know, straight in at number one, um, yeah. biggest biggest selling game apparently of all time, isn't it? Now, um, I would imagine so. Yeah, I could, I wouldn't surprise me. Well, World of Warcraft has over seven million players apparently. So if you figure that majority of them will go out and buy the expansion, you know, it's a lot of titles. Absolutely. So, a lot of not some... surprised, but yeah, dropped from one to four, and then Lost Planet just snuck in there. Okay, in in fine tradition as a and finally piece, um, just a routine piece of Sony bashing, which um, can't say I really like doing very much, but we seem to be doing it an awful lot. For which case, we should really apologise. But they're not doing themselves any favours. Just had a a balls up that they made last week, and it's of epic proportions, almost biblical the scale of um, just how embarrassing this is for them. To promote the new trailer they've got for uh, Gran Turismo HD they've got coming up, advertising it on the PSP Connect website, you know, you think Gran Turismo HD, you put on a maybe a screenshot from the game, you know, a piece of promotional artwork, logo, render, something like that. But, oh no, Sony decided to take a slightly different uh, route to doing it this way. So instead of using a Gran Turismo HD shot, they take a shot that is blatantly used in the promotion for Project Gotham Racing 3 that was on the Xbox 360. That's a mistake to make, to actually not just promote the wrong game, but to promote a game that was um, exclusive on a, your, well, probably your biggest rival in the console industry. Um, so I'm sure that somebody somewhere, it was their last day when they posted that on the website, which has subsequently been taken down. But um, 
it may be gone from the site, but it's going to live in the mind for for a long, long time. God bless Sony. Yeah, well, if anyone knows any decent PR companies, I think Sony might be looking for a new one. So drop them a line. <laughs> You're just going to get a bunch of monkeys with typewriters. I'm sure they'll be able to do a fine job. Bunch of monkeys with typewriters. That's the Daily Sport journalist crew, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean they've got a few dodgy pictures in their magazine, in their newspaper rather. But I'm sure that they could at least sort out the right picture for the right story. Okay, so on that um, yeah, harsh but routine um, piece of Sony bashing, I think we're going to have to call it quits for this week. Um, so that was this week's gaming news. Um, check us out again next week, and we'll have more of the same. The biggest news and the best best reviews. Best reviews. Hard, tiring work. You're listening to the AV Podcast. This week's Games Review. Okay, moving on to a game review now. Slightly unusual touch this week, that uh, I'm reviewing a game from Xbox Live Arcade, uh, as opposed to a full price game. This game is called New Rally X. It's an arcade game taken from some 25 years ago, um, sequel to a game called Rally X. Obviously the, the new bit doesn't really apply to it hugely, because it's only released uh, about a year or so afterwards. But nonetheless, now some 25 years on, you could relive those joyous moments playing the game on your Xbox 360. The thing is, though, how many people will be able to relive those classic moments? How many people can actually remember the game New Rally X? Not very many. Not me, for one of them. I don't recall throwing too many Tempes into an arcade playing the game. But it follows a very, very familiar theme that those of you who were playing games uh, in the arcades in those uh, that particular era would possibly remember. The clearest way to, to sum it up in all is... Uh, if you picture based on a, a Pac-Man type board, where but instead of you know little small smiley fella going around eating little pills and getting very happy about it, in this case you're uh, in control of a car, small car driving around a maze, collecting flags, and you have to do this within a set period, which is timed by how much petrol you have. Um, so by the time when your petrol runs down, you can barely move anymore, and instead of being pursued by ghosts, as in Pac-Man, you're being pursued by rival cars, these red cars. And once they crash into you, bam, you've lost a life, lose three lives, game over. It's a very simple premise, it's as simple as it sounds. The only additions to this format are that you've got one little defensive manoeuvre, which means you can hit a button and you release a smoke screen behind you, which will disorient the cars that are following you, put them in a little spin, give you a chance to, to get away a little bit, but this comes at the cost of uh, petrol. So it's kind of, you know, use it if you need it, but if you use it too much, you're going to run out of petrol and it's going to end up costing you the long run. And then the only other addition to that, as you progress through the game, then one or two more rocks will appear in the maze. You can't crash into those, otherwise if you lose life, lose three lives, it's game over, so on and so forth. Um, and it is very much a very, very simple game. I'm not one to, to knock a game because it's old. You know, I can't criticise the limitations because it has been based and it's a direct lift from the arcade version. Namco, uh, the company who released it, never been one to um, to glam up their original arcade releases, don't give them a graphics overhaul, an audio overhaul or anything. It is very much a case of taking the arcade game in its original form, putting it onto Xbox Live Arcade for you to download at will. It does have a, a few little uh, extra touches to it, the game just to liven up uh, a little bit more than just to go around collect flags very very small little bonus perks though um, it's two special kind of flags that you can collect one is called uh, a special flag which as soon as you collect it gives you extra points for all the flags you collect after that giving you an incentive to go and track down that one first and similarly there's another flag called the lucky flag which uh, gives you points for however much petrol you've got left 
So obviously, again, that's another one you want to go and get on early on. So that's the only real tactical element to it. Um, as I say, I can't knock it because it's old and it's cheap. It's only 400 Microsoft points, whereas many games are like 800. Some of the bigger games, 1,200 Microsoft points. So I can't criticise it for being an outrageous rip-off in any way, but it's still very, very limited. Um, you can download the demo for free, um, which gives you the first two levels, I think, and you'll probably find that that's pretty much enough because it is, it's, it's lifeless, there's not a lot of fun to be had. It does have a lifespan that does last for about as long as that demo will last. Giving it a score out of 10, I'll give it a 3. Three's, it might sound generous from uh, my own personal interpretation of the game because I really don't think it's very good at all. But, you know, giving a little bit of benefit of the doubt because it is quite an old game and it does have restrictions as to what it can do because it's still based on 25-year-old technology and they've made no effort to glam it up. But I just think that in this case, I don't know, it would have been worth Namco just spending a few extra hours just making it look a little bit better, making it a bit more playable, giving giving you more to do basically because as it stands it's just not worth the money I'm afraid so new Rally X Xbox Live Arcade 3 out of 10 wouldn't recommend it turn it up to 11 11 with the AV Podcast well for all the, the negative things that I had to say about new Rally X um, one of the, the positive things to come from it is that it does lead us very very conveniently into our discussion for this week which is about retro gaming Obviously, one of the the key areas of this at the moment is Xbox Live Arcade. So we thought we'd have a, a bit of a chat about the standard of retro gaming, what we've got to look at across the, the gaming community as a whole. And um, I don't know, just how much love are people giving retro gaming these days? It seems to be retro gaming is just, it's all the now. It's all everybody wants to do. It's kind of irony in itself. Uh, Seth, are you into retro gaming? To a degree, I have to say yes. Basically, my, my retro gaming is PC-based, so I'm uh, looking at emulators for things like, you know, everything from Commodore 64, Spectrum, Amstrad. Um, you can get the Sega, Nintendo um, emulators as well. And if you really want to go wild, you can go for MAME, which, as everybody knows, is the uh, multi-arcade machine emulator. <laughs> That's what it stands for, anyway. Um, and you can basically play all those wonderful games uh, that you used to put your 10 pences in back when you childhood, or in your case, way before that, Ian. <laughs> I was in my mid-twenties back then. No, not really. Um, but no, I used to have MAME. I used to think it was it was awesome. I mean, I, I used to have some problems with it, um, just in terms of uh, using the sites to download games. I know it's had one or two sort of issues there, but then this was a little bit of a, a little while ago, so I'm hoping things have probably been tweaked, or a lot of other emulators have come through that are a bit better, perhaps. But yeah, I remember... Getting track and field was just a momentous occasion for me. Just sitting there because it's so much easier to do on a keyboard than what it was with those two little rubbish buttons in when you're actually playing at an arcade pod. So there, especially the PC keyboard, because I had it on a Mac at first, which didn't really work. But I got a friend who had a PC keyboard that st- stands, um, you know, a little bit higher. It's got the bigger buttons, and oh, I was I was awesome on it. It was great fun. I must admit, I put in some hours playing track and field. It's, it's all the reminiscing, I think. There's, even though we know that the games might not necessarily be as, as cool and groovy as the stuff out today, um, and it then, you know, graphics-wise, pretty lame, there are some really cool things, you know, from, I don't know, Green Beret, um, can you remember Time Flight, where you had, you had your sort of, like, ultra-modern 
flying and you went back in time to like you know 1914 and you're yeah. going up against the you know not spitfires but biplanes and then you move on and it, it was just you know wild and, you know, even you know playing asteroids and defender um you know defender is such a, a huge game um a huge influence on a lot of people um jeff minter obviously uh, the guy that uh, did Alarmasoft, you know, loves his Defender and um, similar games, and that's why you got things like Attack of the Mutant Camels, which again you can get on, under an emulator on the PC. So yeah, you know, there is a lot of uh, good stuff out there if you want to go and look for it. It is very much a nostalgia trip for a lot of people. I mean, when I first starting started playing with emulators, it was a case of just picking out your favourite arcade games that you could remember, um, downloading those, and just reliving those happy days. I think the first things I did was pick out. Um, Operation Wolf, I got, which was, it's still good now. Um, it takes a little bit of getting used to using a mouse, I must admit, but that was, that was classic. I, got, I think I got Bubble Bobble as well. I wanted to get Champions, Championship Sprint, can you remember that? Please yeah. A little, yeah. But it just, it didn't work, it was horrible and I was rubbish at it and it kind of just destroyed all those happy memories from my yeah. youth and See, this is the side note where I actually turn around and say I bought an Atari ST when they first came out to play Super Sprint. It's classic, isn't it? It was just such a brilliant game. And, you know, again, with, with all the emulators and all that now, you know, you don't have to muck about. The, 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 actually, the one thing that I do like about PCs is obviously because the PC had, uh, has been out since what 1983 kind of eight it was 81 82 officially it's been a yeah, it's been out of a while all the all the games that sort of were around at, at that time um which are definitely not graphical um at all it's it's my sort of my favorites like the infocom adventures you know as long as you can run them under some form of dos prompt um which is easy because you can just do a virtual PC or something like that. You can you could even play all those classic adventure games, or you could just be really sad um, and emulate them under Commodore 64. So um, you know there are there all those ones. Those sort of those are the ones that I love. You know there there is still something cool about playing Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy adventure game, um, even though you have to type everything in. You know yeah. you can imagine you can imagine some of the kids today. You like, can't use a pad. No, can't use a mouse. No. How do you play it? You type real words, you know? Words. Those can't things you can't <laughs> do things you can't do on te phones properly. Can't even use text speak, they'll be just confused to hell. I know. Brilliant. <laughs> it was bad enough trying to type type those things in where you had to be precise about what you typed in, you know, so it had to be look here at the specific location. You can't just put look, it had to be look where and you had to just be as precise as anything. It'll just be Great watching kids who just live their life on mobile phones trying to get to grips with one of those. Especially anyone that's played the Hitchhiker's game where you have to set everything up to get the Babel fish in your ear. It's one of the most devious problems that you know in the actual game itself. So, but you know, there's always the Zorks and uh, the, the Planetfall game, and uh, it's just so many classic Infocom adventures that you can play. And uh, you know, again, you got the the main. There's even a pinball version. There's a, a pinball um, version of mine where you can play your favourite pinball tables on a PC, and, and the big upshot of the sort of sort of the retro gaming, you know, like I say, it all started really on the PC with all these emulators. Yeah. You've got, um, I think there's a couple of retro games magazines now um, that you can. I'm not here up. to say anything about competitive magazines to my own. I wouldn't recommend buying any retro gaming magazine. Um, but on the other side of the coin, they're not ex they're not exactly gonna be a rival, are they? You know, no, I one, know there is one very good one. That's it, Xbox 360 magazine, or the equivalent of Zap 64, where you can play School Days again. Yeah, um, 
not not really a huge shirt there, I feel here. Um, but yeah, there is some really good stuff on the retro um, magazine stuff for people who want to know have a bit more on how to do it. And then if you go even further, as we were just saying with your re review, um, there's a hell of a lot of stuff on uh, Xbox Live. You know, Defender and Street Fighter. You know, these are not classic games for the Xbox 360. These are classic games um, from the arcade, from when you used to have a Super Nintendo or a Mega Drive or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it is the thing. Retro gaming, it's, I mean, it's not entirely, you know, nostalgia-based. I mean, obviously people are buying these games because they, you know, love them from their childhood or whatever, but it's very much a, a big part of gaming today in terms of, you know, in commercial value. People are, are going out, people are spending money, spending Microsoft points, getting these arcade classics back into their living room now. I mean, you're even seeing uh, original titles on Xbox Live Arcade, which are based on these, um, you know, a lot of older games, but are original titles now. And, um, you know, Nintendo Wii as well for a, is another example, not of retro gaming, but it's just examples of where classic franchises based on an arcade style are just right. being developed and are just increasingly improving for the, the new audience. Well, you're right. I, mean, I was going to say, I will disagree that the Nintendo Wii is, isn't on, on retro gaming. It's huge on retro, retro gaming with a virtual console. Yeah, no, I'm not. It's it's yeah, not about retro no, gaming. It's, it's just it's again, it's the live the equivalent of live marketplace. But you know, where else can you go and uh, get R type? Can you remember yeah. R type? And, you know, I want the, I want Salamander to come out. I'm, yeah, you know, it's like how sad are we? Um, but you know what I mean. It's just I remember playing that when I was at college and many many moons ago. Um, many 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 moons ago. Yeah. Um. I was uh, it's it just it was, it, was, it was stunning. I mean, mind you, you, like you said with Operation Wolf, you know, playing that in the arcade with the the, the little Uzi machine gun that used to have um, uh, feedback on it, a bit yeah. of a recoil. Uh, you know, it's all classic stuff. You can, I mean, you can't get get the feel for that, but you can play it. So you know, yeah, it, it's it's really good. You know, so yeah, if people like that kind of thing, I mean, I would have definitely urge them to go hunting uh, for um, uh, software for emulation. And, Where's if the best not, place to look? Well, there's there's all kinds of sites. I mean, the obvious one is Start With Mime. That's the huge thing. Or, if not, and uh, it won't be tired me for mentioning another magazine, but you know, if you're really interested in the magazine, um, in, in retro gaming, just go and pick up one of the retro magazine, which is imaginatively called, I think one of them's called Retro Games, um, just from WH Smith, and it'll tell you all you need to know, to, for, certainly for the PC side of things. It is motivation enough to to go back and play some of those games. If you've got a, a web address, it's it's very easy to do and it is worth checking out, I'm sure. But, um, I mean, the only the only negative thing that I can see from retro gaming, well, it's not a negative thing, it's just, I mean, I mentioned Xbox Live Arcade, I mentioned New Rally X as being a game that was just recently released. It's just based on Microsoft's promise that they just release titles on a regular basis, you know, so you get new games every week. And it's getting to the extent now from Xbox Live Arcade where they're just forcing these titles out, I think. I'm thinking that the demand for retro gaming is so much that they're just throwing anything they can just because they have to keep releasing new products. So I think, yeah. in an extent, that kind of devalues um, a lot of the classic games because people are going to be looking at some of the titles being released on Xbox Live Arcade and thinking, oh, that's, that's not all that, that's not all this. When there are so many better games that we just, I don't know, we should stop petitioning Microsoft, get a list of games together that we demand to have. Microsoft really should stop thinking arcade and start thinking old old um, computers. You know, could you imagine people who'd you know have that again that 
warm fuzzy feeling inside if you could download and play Doom multiplayer on Xbox Live or um, things like. Can you remember? I don't know if you ever remember the game like School Days or how can you? Yeah, you just said yourself Championship Sprint. Would you? Wouldn't you just love Championship Sprint on Live? I don't know. I don't know if I could play it without the steering wheel, and I hate steering wheels on consoles, so it would kind of be a catch. Dude, play. I used to play it with an Atari ST keyboard. <laughs> oh no! I, I and I was I'd, awesome. I'd lose track of myself completely. Yeah, just one go, two and a half hours later. Yeah. Still going. Over oh, 120,000 points. <laughs> yeah. It'd be the only good thing is that it wouldn't cost me as much as it cost me when I was at college just chucking money into the machines. That's it. But that would be, I think that's where Microsoft should evolve from. From sticking with all, and just, not, you know, console games. You know, bring out Super Sprint or Championship Sprint, Microsoft, please. Um, I'll be there like a shot. And I think so would Ian. But oh, yeah. other games, you know, could you imagine, like I say, that, that you'd get in your dooms? Um, well, you got Doom on Xbox Live, or on Arcade Now. Is it actually out on there? Yeah. Shows you the last time I looked. It's the original, uh, and the best. Oh, no, Doom 2 was the best. Oh, I suppose. <laughs> You've got to start uh, with the original, it's retro gaming, you go back as far as you can on this one. That's it, well, you know, get Doom 2 out, then start getting other things out, you know. Uh, uh, there's the uh, Ultimate Play the Game games. Um, which, you know, they should be able to bring out, bearing in mind that Ultimate what is rare now. Um, Sable Wolf, uh, Underworld, all those kind of things. Bring them out. We want them. Jetpack. Oh, classic. <laughs> See? That's, there's a few. They, uh, you just wonder how well they can transfer across to console or PC, but there are just just classics. Jet Set Willy. I'd just love to see it just slightly kind of... They, I think they might need to glam it up a little bit, because it probably it may be a little bit too dated now, so they might need just to polish it slightly, not too much, you don't want it to lose that original feel, no. but just, they're just games that you just love to be able to play again, and yeah. just with a little bit, just, you know, polished up a little bit for the, the new generation, you know, just so it appealed to some of the people who perhaps aren't as old as us, who weren't playing uh, arcade games back, or, you know, Spectrum games, Atari games, Commodore games, whatever, maybe people who missed that classic era of gaming who just... You know, we believe that they should be given the opportunity at least just to have a look at some of the games that paved the way for video games as they are today. Yeah, you've got to remember without Doom and uh, Wolfenstein there would be no Halo or Gears of War basically. You know, they are all the, the evolution. So, you know, people who haven't played this stuff really should go back and see where we've been before they worry about where we're going. Absolutely. Don't criticise them because they're old. Um, if you could get download emulators for free, then all the better. Spending money on Microsoft points to try and download these games that you're not sure about may be asking a little bit too much, but definitely there are so, so many games that are worth checking out. If you haven't played them, you missed out. It just makes us feel almost privileged that we are um, in our mature years so that we can say that we actually played these games. It's given us fine, fine grounding to enjoy all the beautiful games that are about right now. So with that warm, fuzzy feeling inside, that'll be the end of this brief discussion about retro games. I'm sure that several of you may have your own particular favourites or games perhaps that you would love to see re-released in one form or another. By all means, go onto the forums, spark up a discussion, list your favourite retro games that you'd like to be able to get a chance to play again um, sometime soon. For more DVD news and reviews, visit avplay.com. And that's all for this week's podcast. This is Ian Collins, and thanks for listening. We'll see you all again next week. The AV Podcast was presented by Ian Collin and Seth Gecko. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. 
The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton, and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.